Father, what a wonderful presence we just sense already. Oh God, we feel that you're near. And Lord, as we come to you just even now, we're so grateful to be sitting at your feet tonight. So grateful that you called us from this world to be separated. Lord, so that we wouldn't be judged with this world. And Father, we're here and we just want to worship you and love you and thank you for all your kindnesses and goodness to us. Lord, we're not worthy of them, but you are worthy tonight. Lord, while we're here and we just are spending this few moments in worship and love before your throne, we remember how it was with you, Lord. You were just in the very moments before the crucifixion. And you said in your prayer, Father, remember them. Lord, we also want to remember those. Lord, different ones that are on our hearts. Maybe they're not right with God. But, oh, Lord, would that peace of God go out to them tonight? Lord, maybe they're not even aware of it, but may you enshroud them. May you just envelop them. May you let them know that God cares, that he loves them, oh, Lord. And I pray, oh, Lord, that you'd move in a mighty way, oh, Lord. Turn hearts to you, oh, Father. Lord, we commit them and we lift them up into your presence, even in this hour, oh, Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, May a work be done, O oh Lord. Lord, a short, quick work you would yet do. I pray, O oh Lord, you would move on the hearts, O oh Lord, of different ones, O oh Lord. Father, as we're lifting them up before you now, we're asking, O oh Father, may the will of God be accomplished. May all that are in your mind and all that you have, O oh Lord, may they come to you, O oh Father. Lord, as we just stop and thank you for what you're doing, for what you will do. Lord, we're asking you that you'll continue to move. Oh, Lord, and now we remember this request also that Sister Mary penned in for her niece. Oh, Lord, may you just go into that room. May you go close by her. Lord, may you just remember her in her complications of health. Lord, we heard such a wonderful report these last few days of Brother Jewel Forney. Lord, what wonderful, something happened there, Lord. Something touched him, Lord. That was you, Lord. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. I pray, oh Lord, that you'd also move into this hospital room. Lord, while we're here, we think of our brothers and sisters around the world. Lord, in some parts of Africa, they don't even have the food on their table. Lord, we have plenty. 
But Lord, there are brothers and our sisters. We ask that you'd remember them. Lord, we pray that those that are sick and needy, you would be close to them. And now, oh Lord, while we're here, we're asking you, Lord, that we still are here for a purpose. Lord, may you accomplish that purpose in our lives. May you move and work in our hearts. Make us the type of Christians we ought to be, Lord. May we serve your purpose. Lord, for everything that serves your purpose, we'll have a resurrection. That's your word, Lord. We pray your blessing now wherever we're gathered and wherever we are. As we turn to the word, we commit the service into your hands. We ask it in Jesus' name, and we thank you, and we praise you. Amen. Amen. My, such a, such a presence of the Lord. Thank God. Let's turn to the book of John chapter 5. John chapter 5. Thank you for the musicians and the songs that are to be sung. We want to greet you all. As we said on Sunday, Brother Brandon would send the greeting, those that are here. So we greet Brother Lloyd Smith and his family where they are. We greet Sister Vera Draves where she is. She called me this last week. It was so good to hear from her. We greet the Kessers, those that drive Mustangs and things like that. We greet all the others that are out there. And uh, we mentioned Brother Glenn McIntyre the other day. We greet the other McIntyres where they are. We greet you all. And, and uh, we see your pictures, some of you, and you've humbled yourself. And we thank you for that. And, and God bless you. <laughs> it's good to be a Christian, isn't it? <laughs> Let's, turn, let's read this portion of Scripture in John chapter 5. Did I say Matthew, but I meant John. John chapter 5. We're going to just start reading in verse 1. And uh, we'll just take a little bit of this uh, as, as we go into it here. Um, this is at the pool of Bethesda. Let's just read the account here. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. And in these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind and halt and withered. They were waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel would, went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. Now, Brother Branham would elaborate on this, and I won't read all the quotes on it, but he would just say, you know, people would sometimes challenge Jesus, why didn't you do this and do this? He only did what the Father showed them. He only was about the Father's business. So he had a vision, he went down there, there was sick people there, 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 but he had a vision and there was a certain man that he saw and he was fulfilling the father's business. So he said a certain man was there which had an infirmity 30 and 8 years and when Jesus saw him lie and he knew that he had been a long time in that case, whatever your case is, he knows how long. He knows where you're at tonight. Nothing is impossible to him. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he said unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? So now in his mind, the man was thinking, Okay, 
I got to get to that water to be made whole. But there was a greater one that came down, the one that made the water, the one that had the charge of the angel. That one was come down to him at that moment, at that time. And he says, Wilt thou be made whole? And the impotent man answered and said, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me in the pool, but while I am coming, another steps down before me. And Jesus said unto him, he didn't just tell him, you know, explain everything, he just spoke to him. Rise, take up your bed, and walk. Now just catch this. Rise, take up your bed, and walk. There's a purpose to every one of these. Let's just, you may have your seats, and I'll just continue and to pick this up in verse 10, or verse 9, rather. And immediately the man was made whole. And he took up his bed and walked. <laughs> the word came to pass, just like that. Now there's one other peculiarity about this whole thing. And all of this happened on the Sabbath day. Oh my. This, this, this could be trouble here. Let's just pick it up. And the Jews therefore said unto him that was cured, you talk about a blindness on people. Like a man that had been... 38 years, and they're so caught with a religious spirit. Did you not catch this? Friends, those same spirits exist today in this last day. Oh, Brother Branham, he didn't give the correct account of the boy in Finland. Oh, this and this. Hold on a second. A boy was raised from the dead. You're missing something here. Your religious spirit has blinded you. <laughs> My goodness, it's the same. So, and the Jews said unto him, it's not lawful, it's a Sabbath day. This is, sorry, let me slow down, verse 10. It is the Sabbath day, it's not lawful for you to carry your bed. And <laughs> don't you know? <laughs> My goodness. And he answered them, he that made me whole, the supernatural event that occurred, he's the same one that told me to take my bed and walk. And they said, okay, who is this? Who is this man that said to you, take up your bed and walk? And he that was healed knew not who it was. He wist not who it was. For Jesus had conveyed himself away, a multitude being in that place. Now you think, okay, that's the end of the story. Hold on a second. The Lord wasn't finished here. So now he goes in the next verse, in verse 14, Afterward, Jesus findeth him. So he sought him out. After this happened, after the testimony, after all of this, and, and he, he sought him out, he findeth him in the temple, and he said unto him, because there's a continuation of faith, there's a continuation of revealing, and he says, behold, thou art made whole. Now he says, sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto thee. Now those few words wouldn't say a lot, but there's a part of this directed to the man. And Jesus would say the same in, in, in the Gospels. He'd say, if you continue in the faith, then you are my disciples indeed. Brother Bannon would actually, in, in the message that we, we listened to at Easter time on Good Friday, he would, he would actually tell us and he would actually say, uh, in, in that message, if we recognize what he did at Calvary 
if we recognize that there's nothing we can do, and if he did that for us, then we who have eternal life will live out a life for others. That's the evidence of what happened at Calvary, conveyed to you, and now being conveyed and, and made manifest to the earth. So he would go on to tell them, and he says, You are made whole, sin no more, lest the worst thing come to thee. And the man departed. And, and so, whatever words were just spoken, he knew now that this was Jesus. So when he knew it was Jesus, he went and told the Jews, Hey, you were asking who this was? It was Jesus who did this. Just so you know, for the information, for the record. And he says, that's who made me whole. And you think Jesus didn't know what the Jews would do? Do you think he didn't know that the man would tell? And therefore, did the Jews persecute Jesus, and they sought to slay him because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. And then Jesus answered him and said, My father worketh hitherto, and I work. Now that's really my text. My, my, my subject today is, The father worketh, I must also. Now he says, the Father worketh hitherto, and I work. So Jesus wasn't just doing this as a sign of, well, I got something, I, I can do something. But he was actually an extension of a heavenly Father onto earth. Now if we would actually just think about this for a moment and, and, we, and we just can, can begin to maybe envision or take the thought of where we're going. There's parts of this that I, I'm just trying to lay in for thoughts that I want to take in another service. But he, when Adam was on earth, Adam was an extension of God. He had the mind of God. He had the thoughts of God. He was not deceived. Adam knew everything. Adam, Adam knew, he knew what the serpent did. He knew what Eve betrayed. And, and yet, I'll come back to this in, a, in, a, in just a little bit. But Adam was not deceived. Adam was an extension of God. So Jesus, the second Adam, when he came to earth, now he humbled himself into fallen flesh. Into, he became a servant. He became, in, in an evidence of humility, he bowed himself. And when he bowed himself, it was to submit himself to the will of God for his life. The will of God for the piece of clay that he inhabited. And truly, that's what we need to do, is to submit ourselves to the will of God for what he has purposed for us. Now, if, if I can just, just take, take for a few moments, and I'm going to just take Jesus, and then I want to take it to us and our part. The difference between Christ and us, and Brother Branham would say this, and who is this Melchizedek, is we bypassed our theophany. We came direct to the flesh. Jesus came from theophany to flesh. So he, in, in theophany, he knew all things. But let, let me just, uh, without taking too much time, let me just subject it this way. His walk had to be by faith. He went to the grave on one scripture. 
The scripture was that I will not suffer my Holy One to seek corruption. Psalm 16. A psalm that David sang. But he had faith. So it wasn't that he had superpowers. He was as much flesh as you and I were flesh. He was as much spirit man as you and I were spirit man. He knew what it was like to be hurt, to suffer rejection. He had a soul just like we had a soul. But his reign was by the soul realm. And the soul realm is governed by either faith or unbelief. And, and really, if you want to take it, the first Adam was a free moral agent. He was not a robot. And because the first Adam was a free moral agent, he could decide, and there was some motivating factor that caused him to step out of almost eternal life to take Eve. And maybe Adam didn't even really know what he was doing. But he was motivated by something. Now this was not just a fleshly love. This was not just a spirit love. But it was that she was a part of him. He knew where she came from. She had attributes that he was tied to. And he stepped out knowing, knowing what he was doing. This Jesus Christ came down from eternity knowing Oh my, if we could catch the picture of the glory of God and we would see what was there and the splendor and how even to take a step out of that was such a humility. That was the greatest step. Then to come on earth and to live among common people, take a common language. It was God veiled in flesh. But his whole purpose was not my will, but thy will be done. So he didn't know all things. When, when, when they asked him, when the mother of Zebedee the, came with their sons and said, grant that when you come into that my two sons can do this and this. He said, that's not mine to give. So there was a part of his earthly realm that was limited to an earthly purpose. So he couldn't give that. He said, that's the Father's to give. When they ask him, he says, what is the day or the hour when this and this will happen? He says, no man knows. Not I only, and not the angels in heaven, but my Father only. So he himself, there was a part of it that wasn't open to him. If I can say it that way, he had to walk by faith. So we walk by faith. Our life here is by faith. Now, I'm really addressing this to you that are Christians and that you've, this is not a salvation message, if I can say it that way. This is a message that serves the purpose of God on earth here. What purpose am I serving? What am I living for? What am I doing? And I, and I really want to take this because if I would just take some of the, pick up your pen and write, the, the, the prophet would say, the bride does only his will. The same way that he walked into a room or into a pool, an area, and he went to one man, we're not here to, to serve every purpose of this earthly kingdoms. Of, of, you know, and, and, and we really ought to seek more than anything the will of God for what he would have for us. There's people that serve charitable organizations, and, and, I'm, and you might do that if God lays it on your heart. But really, we want to find the will of God. We want to 
not find ourselves a place like to, to elevate ourselves to a place. You know, sometimes we are so much bottom up in thinkers. Oh, if I could just get up to heaven. If I could get up there. But if we recognize God has come down, identified himself with us, given us the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost, if we could say, now Lord, what do you want to do? Not what should I try to do, and how can I please you? But it's, it's Lord, you know, I, I love when Brother Jason Watkins was here, and he said, the Lord, he was speaking to the Lord, Lord, what can I do for you? What more can I do? And he said, the answer he got, but it just stuck with me. He says, I don't need you to do more. I just need you to do what you do better. Now, take that for a moment. What, what could I do better? Uh, listen. I could tell a lot of things that I could do better. I could be a better husband. I could be a better father. I'm saying that with one of my sons here. Don't, don't go too far with that. And, and, and so I could, I could take a lot of different things. I could, I, could, I could have a better attitude to people on the street. I could be more open to them. I could be less self-absorbed in myself to serve the Father's purpose. So it, it's, it's to find the channel. Lord, you're moving on the earth today. You're working on the earth today. Amidst all of this, you have a plan. You have a purpose. Lord, let me find myself in the channel of your purpose. You know, this is always a tremendous time of year when the snow is melting and you get these little... There's, there's some people who have had self-isolate for six months and said, it's time. <laughs> but it's always interesting. My wife and I were going for a walk sometimes, and I remember when I was a kid going to school, and, and the snow would be melting, and, you know, it's there along the curb, and these little pools of water are running. So we'd go home for lunch, and we'd come back, and we'd grab some toothpicks. And we'd put a toothpick in there, and somebody else would put a toothpick in there, and we'd have toothpick races. And, and, and we'd, we'd watch our toothpicks, and sometimes they'd slide under the snow, and they'd come out. Well, the key was to get in the tributary that was flowing the strongest. You know, you could, you could get washed off into a little side thing. Ah, my toothpick stalled out. <laughs> and my brother's just going all the way. Man, this is no fair. And you kind of push it back in. And <laughs> okay, sorry if that's too menial for all of you, but I... <laughs> Suddenly, there's going to be a surge of toothpick sales. I know it. Anyway. <laughs> so anyway, so the key is, don't find yourself over in a tributary of stagnant water. Lord, let me find the channel that the Holy Ghost is moving. Now, do you remember when we spoke last Sunday about a group of people that feel the pull of the hour? But they fail to recognize the purpose. So we want to recognize the purpose of God. So when Jesus came on earth, you know, let's, let's just take Luke chapter 2. This will just be, maybe I'm preaching, I didn't intend to so preach, but if I get excitable, so be it. You know, my toothpick won, by the way, guys. So Luke chapter 2. <coughs> Luke chapter 2. So this is Jesus on earth here, and I'm going to pick this up from verse 47. <coughs> He had come, you know, every year was the year of the Passover. They, he was 12 years old. They went to Jerusalem, and, and Jesus was there, and they had a time with their kinsfolk and acquaintance, and then they, their parent, then Joseph and Mary went back, and after, they, they couldn't find him. So they had to go back and look for him, and after three days, 
They found him, and he was in the temple, and everybody astonished at what he was doing. So then in verse 47, And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why have you dealt with us? So now she's speaking from a human perspective. And what she's actually doing, and this is a whole other message, she's denying the virgin birth. Son, why have you dealt with us? Your father and I have sought you with sorrow. So this is from an element of humanity. But, but it wasn't really faith. You know, I remember when, when, when Peter said to, you know, Jesus said, who do you say? Men say that I am. And he said, some say you're Elijah and Jeremiah. And he says, who do you say I am? He says, you're the son of God. You're the, you're the Messiah. He said, Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. You know, so, I mean, he had a connection that was into heaven. He had struck the gold mine. And if you go just a few verses down, and then Jesus is telling him, I've got to go up. And he says, nobody will, will crucify you, Lord. And Jesus turns around and says, get behind me, Satan. Peter was going, like, from there to Satan? Like, like you talk about a... Yeah, that was a big, big gap there. We're still in the flesh. You know, we need Christ within. I, I, I want to live so close. I want to live that I can find that, it, that it's, you know, any man that has ceased from his own works enters into rest. When you enter into rest is, I know he'll take care of me. I know he'll watch and see us through this pandemic. I know he, uh, I rest in him. I'll have to pray more fervently. I may have to seek him more sincerely, but I rest in him. Amen. So Jesus, here he, he, he answers them in verse 49. How is it that you sought me? And this is the answer. Wist you not that I must be about my father's business? And they understood not the saying which he spake unto them. I need to be at my father's business. So maybe there were some that were there. Oh, yeah, he, he should be on the lathe because his father's a carpenter. He, he should be chipping some wood or, or, or getting out, a, you know, maybe they didn't have lathes in the way that we have them today or maybe they didn't have, you know, maybe it was a scroll saw or something like that. But that, that was the thought. That was carnal right away. But his purpose even as a 12-year-old, was to serve God's purpose. Now, if that's for Christ, you say, oh, that was Jesus. That was No, if you're in a family and you're in this church and you've been caught and you've been baptized, you're a part of the body. You are subject to the body. And, and, and a body has many different needs and sometimes we don't even know why. We're pulled in a certain direction. That can be any age, any young person. Jesus, he needed a 12, God needed a 12-year-old back then. He might need a 12-year-old now. If you can be in the channel. Now, before you rebuke your mother and father, watch the example here. And they understood not the saying. So verse 51, and he went down with them, and he came to Nazareth, and was subject to them. Oh, but he's the word made flesh. No, he was 
subject to the time of life that he had and showing himself approved, he could not break the law. And a part of the law was the fifth commandment. Honor your father and mother. So in principle, he was fulfilling the commandment. Do you want to have faith with God? Just honor the commandment. I think it's in Luke chapter 18. The disciples said to Jesus, they said, increase our faith. Increase your faith? He tells them a little story. He said, which of you, having a servant, after you have come and you had supper, invites the servant to go and eat first? No. Rather, he eats first, and once he's eaten, then the servant eats. And the servant's response is, we are unprofitable servants. We've done what's our duty to do. And he says, that's an example of faith. So do you want to have an example of faith? Pay your tithes. Do you want to have an example of faith? Be obedient to your parents. Do you want to have an example of faith? Keep a prayer life. Keep discipline. Just keep these things. Give God something to honor. And when you give God something to honor, you know what? The Holy Spirit comes to that. Full obedience entitles you to the token. So when you do it, listen, you might have something lingering, nagging at you, and you let it nag at you, and it kind of... It's there in the back of your mind. It's distracting you. You know, I got to pay this bill. You know, and I got you know, to take care of this. And, 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 and it just gets there. And yeah, I got to do that. I got to do that. You know, once you pay it, you just feel good. <laughs> and, and you know what? You're free. And you know, that's the same way. You might have little outstanding things. When you just deal with them, it's done with. I, I need to repent. I need to go tell that person. I need to do this. Lord, increase our faith. Just do it. Full obedience. Humility. Okay? Listen, that, was, that wasn't really in my notes, but it just came. And he went down, with, he was subject to them, and his mother, even though Mary denied him, his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. And when Jesus did all these things, you know, he was robbed of his childhood, he didn't have fun. No, here's what it said. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Wow, what a, what a submissive... My father works, so the, 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 the plan of God was for, for God to come, eternal life to come into flesh, but that, that flesh would be a baby, it would be a 12-year-old, it would, it would finally come to the age of 30 where it would enter the fullness of, of its ministry and God would come and, and, and just truly fulfill his purpose. You know, the Bible doesn't tell us a lot about what happened between the age of 12 and 30 in Jesus' life. But I'll say everything that happened, I believe, was a preparation. Do you think the parables Jesus told about a centurion, and those were all things he observed. I watched Brother Branham. He observed things. He saw things. God allowed his, his father to be a drunkard. God allowed all those things in his life. But it was all for one final purpose. It was all for one final display of God's glory. I believe as a bride, we've sat many years. We've listened to the word. You might still be feeding on the word. But I'll say this. You keep doing that. You keep watering that. You keep, and you watch that God will honor that. There's going to come a time he's going to lift this bride up. He's going to work through her a mighty work like never before. Now, Brother Branham would say, that's exactly the way the church has got to be. Jesus was always about the Father's business, doing what was right in his sight, not just about this, this, that. 
But about the father's business, and he said, he had this testimony, I always do which pleases the father. Brother Branham was praying in another message. Lord, give us this great love. Let it saturate the church. He said, let it saturate their hearts, that it will cause them to go right out in the face of the enemy, right in the face of danger or anything, to bring in lost souls to the kingdom of God. For that is the Father's will. You know, we become creatures of protectionism of ourselves and our families because the world is so wicked. But if we can keep ourselves in the love of God, you might be able to step out and talk to someone. You might be able to do this without worrying. So, and I'm not saying you should. It should only be as the Father leads you. But I'll say this, we need to be prepared. Peter would say, always have in your heart a reason to answer man for what, what is in you. Have the right thing ready to say. How do you do that? You know, I, I, I always marvel at the example of Hattie Wright. She lived in a place where in her thoughts and in everything, you know, she didn't go around, uh, she didn't go around practicing the words she would say to Brother Adam. That's exactly the truth, Brother Adam. That's exactly the truth. That's exactly the truth. That's exactly the truth. I better say this. It's exactly the truth. No, she didn't do that. It was in her all along, and because of what she was feeding in, the spirit, the realm that she was in, it just came out. And when it came out, heaven heard it, and heaven responded. Praise God for that. My Father worketh here, but I've got to work also. I've got to be receiving set. I've got to be a witnessing set. I've got to be a prayer set. Now, let's, let's just go a little bit further. Brother Branham would talk. Now, I, I need to... <sighs> let's, let's, let, me just, let me just do this. I, I just need to kind of take this. Let me go back to what, what Adam, this is just sort of what I was, the channel I was on, and I'm skipping some things to stay with this. When, when he put man, he's talking on the Garden of Eden. When he put man on partnership with him, then he let man act as a free moral agent. That's the same thing you've got today. You can act any way you want to. You're a free moral agent. So therefore, if he put that at the first like that, he has to put that at the second like that. He has to... Put everybody on the same basis. Now the Bible says faith worketh by love. In, in desperation, Brother Ramos says we need love because the reason we're not desperate enough is we don't have enough love. We don't, it takes desperation to go out on the front line. Now let's just take this because like I said I wanted to, this is simple in some respects, but Let's just go to Matthew chapter 6, if we can. And this is where Jesus would be teaching his disciples how to pray. There's times I get up in the morning and I think, i got to do this and I want to do this and I want... 
And yet, if I just stop, and the first stop sometimes is just to stop before anything starts to cloud my mind, is to drop to my knees and begin to pray. And when I can do that, I find that the day generally works out far better. So Jesus tells him, and, I, and sometimes I don't even know what to pray. I, I already, I got to deal with this today, I got to deal with this. So I just try to leave that all off and I start to focus. And Jesus would say in verse 9, he'd say, After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father which art in heaven. So that starts to put me, okay, it's not about me, it's about a bigger perspective. Hallowed be thy name. So before I ever start to list my wants and my things, I start to just say, Lord, you're glorious. You always will be. I look forward to eternity when I can worship you forever. And then I just begin to go. And sometimes as I'm in that channel, the things that were so important a few minutes ago aren't that important. And then he says, and then it says, thy kingdom come. In other words, your purpose you want to do something on earth. You put me in this clay, Lord. I don't know what you want to do, but let me serve that purpose. You know, there's a message you can listen to. It's called Garnet Peak's Funeral. And Brother Brandon makes the statement so often. He would say, Garnet, he was, talked, he was, a, he was a young man. He, was, he, was, he had some health issues and crippled or something. And he died very suddenly. But he says, that man served God's purpose. Therefore, he will have a resurrection. So he says, anything that serves God's purpose will have a resurrection. Isn't that tremendous? Wow, I, I, I want to be found in the right purpose, don't you? Man, he says now, he says, he goes on to say, thy kingdom come. And now here's this, this, this one. Thy will be done in earth. I'm a free moral agent. I can do whatever I want. But we're praying, we're entering in, we're, we're fellowshipping with the heavenly being. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You've got something you want to accomplish. In the midst of coronavirus, there's something you want to do. In the midst of us not being able to, to gather together, there's something you want to do. Thy will be done. Lord, let this be an opportunity. Let me grow closer to you. Thy will be done. And he would go on to say more. Give us this day our daily bread. So now we get down to our needs. And he says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. You know, just be honest with God when you pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, let the... I just tell him, Lord, I didn't say that quite right. I didn't do this. I spent too much time in this, Lord. And as you're honest with him, it's amazing how there's a washing. Friends, we have an opportunity to, to bring this before the throne. Brother Branham would say, do you find yourself out of the program of God? You know, are you outside? Are you caught off in a little tributary? You're not in the main channel? He says the key to get back in the program of God is prayer. Just enter into prayer. Not, it doesn't have to be long. Start with five or ten minutes. But just be honest with God. That's the key to get in the program of God. So he says, forgive us, lead us not into temptation, deliver us from evil. Then here's, here it concludes this again. For thine is the kingdom. It's not my kingdom. It's, it's not what I want. It's not, 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 not me. It's you, Lord. And he says, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So he's telling us to pray this way. 
You know, Jesus comes along in Luke chapter 22. Here's the full embodiment of, of God coming to heaven, living a life, rejected, doing this, now coming to the cross. How is he praying? He's suffering. The prophet said he suffered more in the garden of Gethsemane than he did on the cross. Why? He had to give up his will. He had to give up everything. So it would say in Luke chapter 22, I'll just read a little bit of it real quickly in verse 39. And, and, and it says this, He came, he went to the Mount of Olives, his disciples followed him. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, Pray that you enter not into temptation. Don't be distracted with so many other things. You know what? You, sometimes you just, you know, a flyer comes to your door. And it's, okay, I'll take the guy's side today. It's Princess Otto. Oh, man, I wonder what the deals are. And before you know it, you're thinking about something you never even wanted. Don't even need. And all the sisters, I hear them saying, amen, 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 amen. Yeah, I can hear it. It's coming through. I hear the vibrations. Don't worry. <laughs> it's coming through. And, and, you know, and all of a sudden you're there. Or, and sometimes you walk in the store. You know, I, I'm about shopping Target shopping. That's not the store that's closed now. But you, you know your Target? When, when the mall was open, I, you know, I found the entrance that was closed. I got into that store and I walked out. But then there's others that go shopping. And along the way, oh, shoes. And oh, this. And oh, that. And there's distractions along the way. And before they know it, they come up with a bundle full of things. And Okay, anyway. I, I, got, I got distracted now. But anyway, I'm just saying, there's a focus. There's a purpose. Lead us not into temptation. So you pray that you not enter into temptation. Keep my focus, Lord. And then he says, when he was withdrawn, a stone's cast. Because he's, he's living this out right now. And kneeled down, and he prayed. Said, Father, if you be willing. Now, notice the prayer. Lord, I really don't want to do this. Can you make a way I can get out of this? No. He was so submitted... Father, if you be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. The greatest hindrance we have is our own will. <laughs> you know, Brother Branham would, would talk about it, and, he, and he, would, he, would, he, would, he would make this statement. How often as Christians we rely on our senses... Our understanding, and we, we, we look at these things and, and you say, well, why can't I do that? I ought to be able to do that. He says, the minute you start on that path, he says, you paralyze your faith. Wow. And he says, you don't even give your faith a chance to grow. <laughs> wow. Listen, I'm saying this because i got to go through this. Paul said, I die daily. Okay. And then Brother Man would, would be praying in, in, in a message looking to the unseen. He'd say, Lord, let the Holy Ghost. It, it wasn't me that told him to raise your hand. It was you. And he's praying and he's saying, may you come and set them free from the vibrations of this world. Till they could go beyond the charm of the serpent. The snake bite of sin. The enchantments of the world that paralyze they paralyze us. I'll tell you what. You, you, why, you, why don't I get anything out of the service? What are you doing before the service? What are you doing the day before? What are you doing this and this day? I'll tell you, you want to get something out of it? 
Start to put some things aside. We're going home. We're not going to take, we're not going to take all those things with us. Let's, let's give faith a chance to grow. Okay, I, I got to move on a little bit here. John chapter 15. John chapter 15. Jesus gives the principle here. He says, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now here's where we shy away. Oh, I'm going through this trial. You know, sometimes God puts us through a trial for the benefit of somebody else. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 we ourselves are afflicted that we may know how to comfort others in their affliction. Let me, let me uh, my, my wife was just sharing, she was dealing with some issues in her stomach and such, and, and, and you know, I just was watching her suffer, and, and she became aware of a little boy in another place who was suffering more immensely than her. And she began to enter into a burden, even when she prayed, to keep praying for that little boy. And I thought, isn't that how we need to be? You know, isn't that the purging that's required? You know, when everything's going good and you've got food on your table and you don't have anything to worry about, there's not as much crying out to God. But when you're afflicted and you go before the throne, and like we did today, not just remembering us, but somebody else, God allows that so that we can be a benefit to someone else. My, oh my, let's never despise the, the things that come our way and say, Lord, thank you. It drove me to my knees in prayer. Thank you, Lord. It caused me to be more fervent. It caused me to dig into the message. I, I had this trouble. I had this. But it was a purpose. It was God doing something. So he, he would go on to say, now, he purgeth that it may bring forth more fruit. Let's just drop to verse 4. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can you except you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. You know what? You don't have to worry, like Brother Adam would say, a sheep does not try to manufacture wool. Okay, i got to prove I'm a Christian. i got to prove I'm a sheep. I, I'm going to just, I'm going to stay under the shade where the sun doesn't burn off my wool. I'm going to do this. No, it's not about that. It's about abiding. It's about staying in the channel. It's about, Lord, not my will, but yours. Lord, I want to be in the center of this tributary. And if when you abide, these things come out of you naturally and without us tooting our horn about it. Look what I did. No, look at what God did. Thank God for that. Amen. Verse 6, If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and he is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will. Now this is amazing. This turns a corner here now. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask what you will. Now, you can't ask what you will if you're, if you're interested in a brand new sports car and you don't have the money in your bank. Yeah, that's not faith. You can't ask for that. 
I'm saying that because there's a few young men here. You can't ask for that. But you can ask, Lord, help me that I can consecrate myself, that even if it's your will to give me that, and if you will, so be it, Lord. Listen, I, I, gotta, I, gotta, I'm, I'm, I don't want to pick on the young men here, but I just want to share a little testimony, if you don't mind. I, 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 and I, I trust that this would, wouldn't be the, the wrong way, and I'm not trying to make a big thing of it, but it, Brother Uwe Laval just sent me a little testimony, not knowing this is what I was preaching on, and, and he included Brother Jared we were just talking to, but, but you're, you're, you're aware that his father-in-law passed away. And, um, and, and you might not know this, but Brother Uwe lived in Germany for eight years, very close to his father, was there with his wife, and now his wife was able to go, he wasn't able to go. And, and, and he, he, I, I just said, well, well, we'll pray. And he said, you know, if the Lord really wants me to go, he'll make a way for me. Now, I'll tell you what, that's resting. So let me share this with you. I, I'm not trying to make... And he says, this coming Friday, it's two weeks since my father-in-law passed away. My wife got there. I tried every avenue I could to go there. No response. He said, but I was quiet. And he said, I knew if God wanted me there, he would make a way. I called the MP's office. They weren't able to achieve anything. Last Friday, we got an email from the German consulate. The man was willing to help him. I applied with all the inference. No, no reply. Tuesday, I'm going to work as usual. Had to wait for materials. I was reading my Bible and praying before leaving the house. When I finished praying, I heard the, I heard the phone beep. And I says, but I made my lunch first. Then I noticed I got an email from the consulate. They had given me a permit to board the plane in Toronto. This gentleman who had prepared two letters for me, one to the police responsible for letting me into the country, another for the health authority, I had the reply from the police in midnight, yes, you can come into the country. Today at 3 a.m., I got from the health department, you can go, what's the funeral? I replied, he was reading his Bible. You know, it was amazing when I read this how God worked it out. Friends, if we can trust that God wants better for us than we want for ourselves, what a place of rest. God bless you, Brother Uva, for sharing that. It was such a blessing to me just being on this topic. And I thought I was going to read it before the service. I know it'll fit in well here. He, he, he shared more, but he was thankful for all God did. I'll tell you what, you can go with a rest when God's in there. You know, maybe even God looked down and saw that his child was not even trying to push his way, but he knew what was in his child's heart, and if it would work. So now here Jesus would say, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you will. Now it's not really lo longer your will, but it's that which the work that God has done in you that, that's coming out. You and the Father are one. My, oh my. I, I feel like I got other things I want to get to. How, how many are good with this? Oh, man, I see so many hands out there. Uh, and oh, all of you, I feel the vibrations coming through. Thank you. Just take a few more minutes here. This is wonderful. <laughs> how many love the Word? How many love God? I love Lord. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I wouldn't take nothing for my journey. There's nothing greater than the walk I've had with God, than the things He's blessed me with, the family I have, the things, oh, have you gone through trials? Yeah. Are you the richest? No. But I have, I have peace. I have the Lord. I have the comfort of eternity. It's the greatest thing that we could have.
Now, Brother Adam would say this. Watch the gift that God sends down. Now, let's just take this back to the pool of Bethesda. It's not a pool of water. It's not the form of a brass serpent. He says, the, the water or the serpent are not the gift of God. The brass serpent didn't pray for anyone. Neither could the pool of water pray for anyone. But when Jesus ascended on high, he gave back gifts to man, and God operates by the Holy Spirit in man. Now, he makes this statement. Man is God's agent. Now, my father worketh, I must work also. Now, Jesus would say my father worketh hitherto, but I'm saying God's got a program. He's looking to do it. Now, it was, I think a couple of Wednesdays ago I spoke on the devil is harmless until he can find someone to work through. Now, let's flip that. God's program stagnates. God's program can't move ahead because sometimes he can't work through us. He needs somebody's hands. He needs somebody's mouth. He needs somebody to work through. And he'll take the one that he can find available. Let, let me share a story with you. Brother Branham was, he was preparing for a meeting. And as he was preparing for the meeting, he's coming to the meeting and he's in prayer in the hotel like he usually is. You know, and, and as he's praying for the meeting, you know, he, all of a sudden he, he, he's so deep in prayer and he hears somebody speaking in German. So all of you people who think French is the heavenly language, German has a part in it too. Okay, so he hears somebody speaking in German and all of a sudden he's listening and then he realizes, it's me. He's speaking in tongues while he's yielded to the Holy Spirit. He's speaking in another language. And as he's, he's speaking, something's coming out. He doesn't even, he's subconsciously flowing through him. Yeah. Eternal life is living for others. Eternal life is done subconsciously. It's not done, oh, I'll do this and I'll find favor. Oh, man, you're just bad as the Pharisees that are jingling the coins in their pockets when they're coming up to the temple to give their offering. Yeah. Don't do it that way. Do what you do in secret and let God do it. So now... He's, he's subconsciously doing that. So anyway, he, he doesn't even think. He's just thanking God, praising God. He goes to the service, and, and then they, there comes a case of a woman who was going to die before she ever got to the prayer line. She'd been in a car accident. She was hemorrhaging so badly. They thought she wouldn't make it. And all of a sudden, she just seemed to resurrect, and she made it in. And Brother Branham sees the whole thing unfold. It was God coming down. Just think about this picture. The Holy Spirit was coming down, looking for somebody, and sees a prophet praying. So it comes and it drops on the prophet, begins interceding, interceding, interceding. The woman raises up. She comes through. The will of God was accomplished. Brother Branham didn't know a thing about it. If we could be so yielded to God. Oh, friends. I, I, I thought of where we're at. I've, I've had some mornings in prayer and I, and I found myself praying for some situations and needs. And I said, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I'm just saying, Lord, I didn't even know that. Let me ask you this. What is a burden? Is it something that you work up? No, it's something the Holy Spirit puts on you. 
You know, like, God bless our brothers. We have a wonderful sanctuary. God put on the hearts of the trustees. They had a burden for things, to watch for things. God put that on their hearts. They watch for the church. Now, their burden may not be my burden, but I respect what God's doing through that burden. Neither could they fully know the burdens of all the deacons. They don't know the deacons have been talking to this person, and, and, and if they extend a little grace to this person, it will help that person and lift them up and do something. They don't know what's, what's going on. Uh, listen, I'll, I'll just share some. One of our deacons, he had a burden, and, and, and somebody, as a man he witnessed two years ago, to have a little tract, and a man is having a woman minister, he's par- paraplegic, he's having a woman minister read Brother Branham's articles to him. Oh, but the Pharisee said, he's carrying a bed on the Sabbath day. She's a woman minister. No, maybe God is using this for a purpose. Maybe God, we need to stop thinking inside our little box. God is bigger than our box. And now he's sharing more material. The man is giving a good response. You know, who knows, maybe the woman minister will be saved. But you know what? We need to let God we let, God wants to do something, but let's fit into it. Let's let God do His work. Oh, man, that so blessed me when I, when I heard that testimony. You know, what is faith? Faith is to do the will of God. Faith isn't like, oh, what me? Now I'll do this. No, no. Just quietly to do the will of God sometimes. Maybe nobody even knows. Brother Branham would say this, the biggest obstacle that God has or that man has had, let me, let me read it from the beginning, in John chapter 5, they could not believe that God was in that man. The biggest obstacle they had to climb over was how that man yet made himself God. Now, I didn't finish reading, you can read more, but after he told them, my father worketh, I must work hitherto, they condemned him for making himself equal to God. I, I, I won't go to there tonight. But he says, they could not see how God could dwell in human flesh. God in all ages, in all times, has always dwelt in man. Man is God's agent. He said, in every generation, God speaks to his people through human lips he always chooses someone or someone he can use. Listen, let me just sh- share this. I'll, I'm carrying right on to the. God doesn't fall on denominations, He doesn't fall on mechanical devices. The Holy Spirit falls on men. Man is God's agent. The hardest thing God ever had to do was to get one mortal to believe another. Wow, that's amazing. Let me just finish with a couple more quotes. I have other scriptures, but we're not going to go there tonight. Uh, let me, let, I'm going to end up with one more scripture, but let me read what Brother Branham would say here. Man, God always works through man. Man is God's agency. You know, they asked Jesus in one place, what, what must we do to work the works of God? And Jesus looks and Believe on him whom I sent. That's to work the works of God. 
If the prophet gave something and it spoke to me, if God gave you a father or a mother, if God sent them to you, respect what God is doing in that individual. If God sent you a pastor or a minister and he sent that to you, respect what God is doing in that. Let me, let me go. I'm just trying to... That's the reason God does nothing outside of man. He always works through a man because he had to use a man. A man is what he used to display his attribute of Savior. There's, there's a few more I could read here. Let me finish with this one. He said, Now one time it was God above us in Christ. God with... No, sorry. God above us. Then in Christ it was God with us. Now it's God in us. It's God working his way back to man to be worshipped through man, God's agency. God does nothing outside of man being his agent, his helper. How many remember when Jesus was, was there and he was looking on the fields of harvest and he said, Lord, send laborers into the harvest. Now, he could have harvested it himself. Listen, I, I, I'll tell you what. I recognize I've got limitations. I can only do so much. But if I allow God to work in all of those around me, and I, I, I feel like this way, I want to empower those around me because I may not be here in 10 years. I want them to prosper and to flourish that the work of God could go on. Let's, I think we ought to always be interested in, you know, I, I'll, I'll preach a service one day on God planted a garden. Because he planted a garden in this last day. It's diverse. It has many gifts. And it's the seventh seal that, that made it flourish back then. It's the seventh seal that's making it flourish now. And nobody knows how it's happening. And that's, that's a, that was just sort of a, what do they call those things when they give you a, a little blurb before the main thing comes. It's not a commercial. It, it's, it's a trailer telling you what that's going to be. So that was a trailer for the future, okay? So anyway... Jesus, even at the grave, what did he say? He said at the grave, he said, roll away the stone. Now, he could have rolled away the stone. But somebody had to roll away the stone. They had a part in it. I, I need to say this. This is not about the ministers. It's not about just the song leaders and the musicians, the deacons, the officers. It's about everyone that's in the body. Every one of you has a part to play. You know, Brother Adam would talk in, in 1965. There was a sister in a wheelchair. He says, you know, I, I can't understand why she's there, why God's allowed her there. But she's a flower amongst us. She's precious. Every time I see the little sister, I get so inspired, he says. She had a part to play. You have a part to play. If you don't play your part, the kingdom of God is stalled. It's paralyzed. It doesn't go. I, I'm, I'm keeping my distance. Don't worry. I, I'm going. Everybody's so paranoid here. We're going we're gonna to be okay. <laughs> Listen, self-hibernate, that's, that's not a new thing. That was in the Bible. Paul was in the middle of a storm. He had to go self-hibernate for 14 days. But when he came out, he had the word of the Lord in the middle of a boat in the storm. It's not a new thing, okay? But listen, every one of us has to play a part. Every one of us has to do something. The kingdom of God, no matter how hard the minister might preach, no matter how much the message goes out, but until we begin to find our place, God, you have a work to do. Let me get in the channel. Let me fill my part. Lord, you're going to do something. 
Oh, isn't he wonderful? My, oh, my. Listen, I'm going to stop there. I, I, I had other things. We'll save it. And I don't have a trailer for that part, so it's all good. Let's have the musicians come. Uh, <laughs> oh, he's the Lord of glory. Brother Ray, I need you to come. I think this might be a new thing. I think they put that pulpit up there because they wanted somebody else to sing and lead the song, so I think it's all part of a bigger plan. So <laughs> oh, let's stand together. Amen. He's, he's the Lord of glory. He's the Lord of glory. He is the great I am. The Alpha and Omega. The beginning and the end. His name is wonderful. The Prince of Peace is He. He's the everlasting Father. 